Hello and welcome to the UK Airshow Review Podcast, the podcast we started when we had no air shows to review. My name is Sam Wise. Uh, on the forum you'll know me as Wissam24. And with me today from the usual podcast are Tom Jones, Tommy on the forum, and Dominic Vickery, Dom Vickery on the forum. So today we have our first double header of guests, um, so to speak. One of the most popular shows on the European calendar is Sanicole International Air Show in Belgium a show that, while taking place at a small grass strip housing a modest aero club, has nevertheless cemented its place as one of the must-go events in Europe, featuring acts from all around the globe. It would have been taking place this year, two weeks today actually as we record, but sadly we all know what's happened this year. Um, But there will instead be the digital Sanicol air show. Joining us today to talk about the show is Geoffrey... Really hoping I pronounced this right, actually. (laughs) Geoffrey Buchenbergs? Is that right? (laughs) Uh, Sanicol's Airshow director, uh, son of the Airshow's founder Gilbert Buchenbergs, and grandson of the founder of the Sanicol Aero Club, Lucien Please. With us as well is Chris Janssens, who is also part of the Sanicol organising team, as well as a videographer who has worked on official show videos in Bulgaria, France, Malta, um, at Riyadh, and of course Belgium. He also volunteers at the European Airshow Council, and this year has been involved with the setting up of a few of the virtual airshows that have sprung up as well. So thank you very much uh, to both of you for joining us. Happy to be here, and thank you for having us. Um, so, Jeffrey, I think it's safe to say, as, as I mentioned in the in the intro, that Sanicol is a show that very much punches above its weight, considering the venue and, and, and um, the, the, the smallness of the location. What goes into the show's ability to regularly attract star acts from not just within Europe, but the entire globe? Um, I think it's um, something which comes out of our, uh, our long history. Uh, when my father started uh, organizing air shows in Belgium, he immediately knew that it was not uh, a local thing. Um, the uh, connection with uh, other shows and other uh, cross-border shows was very important. That's why he also uh, founded the European Airshow Council in which he could uh, cooperate with organizers all over the all over Europe. Uh, besides that, I think it's very important as an organizer and an organizing committee to uh, to do your networking. It's very important to visit other shows, visit other nations, teams, and um, well, it, as an example, it, it took us uh, 30 years of uh, of visiting uh, Switzerland in order to uh, to hope to get to Swiss one day. And in the meantime, they wow. already visited us uh, three or four times. So um, it's just um, continuing all the efforts and uh, well, do the best you can. What and and for those who obviously aren't in the air show industry, what what does that sort of networking involve? What what are you doing to what, what are you saying to them to attract them to the show? Well, well, first of all. Um, all the pilots who come to Senegal or which are sent by a certain nation or air force to an air show, they're all ambassadors for their country. So um, we think it's very, very important to treat them uh, very well uh, as the stars of our show. Um, and because they go home after the show uh, as an ambassador of our event as well, um, giving feedback how the show was, uh, how the crowd was, and. and how their air force uh, came out in, in our program, um, and it's it's well it's important to to keep the connection with all those pilots and all those uh, different nations. Um, it never helps to to push for something 
um, we always want to, to, to be ourselves and uh, to, uh, to create a funnel atmosphere which is, uh, which is uh, much appreciated by all the crews and teams. Um, for example, a very um, funny story, I was, uh, I think, um, four years ago, I was in, in Prague um, attending a, a convention and the, um, um, the chief of staff at that time was uh, opening the convention and we were a small group of people, around 12, um, in, in the bar before the convention started. And uh, he came uh, greeting us. He said, well, where you come from? I said, uh, Belgium. Well, he said, um, the best steak ever I ate at the Belgian air show. <laughs> I said, where was that? He said, well, it was when I was a ME-24 demo pilot at a very small airfield called Senegal and told them, well, I can tell you that that steak was made by my mother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, was, wow. it was a very funny story um, because we are a family organization. My grandfather founded the Aero Club. My father started with the air show. We always want to treat our volunteers and our uh, guests as we to their own family. And, and that's something a lot of people will remember. Do you think that translates with with air crews um, and, uh, and and teams that visit Sanico? You know, they, they get that sort of that family uh, treatment. Which do, do you think that's slightly different to other international European um, air shows? Um, I, I think all uh, air shows want to treat their um, their crews uh, as as good as possible. But um, for example, it's impossible for for example Riyadh. To, uh, with such a uh, massive organization, so much people involved, to put the same uh, familiar uh, um, items in. They, they, they do an, an incredible job to be the, the best show in the world, but the family uh, at atmosphere, it's, it's something special. And I have a few people in my organization who I uh, keep in the team just to, uh, to make sure they, uh, they um, are like, guardians to, 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 uh, to see if we can keep that uh, family atmosphere and, and not become too much, uh, too much uh, commercial or, or something. And how important is it to you that you keep the show family organized and run? Um, it is very important, um, but um, if we only would do it, uh, sometimes I get feedback from, from Aero Club members who are with us. For, for more than 40 years and they said well the show has, has changed throughout the years it's not that familiar as it used to be and that's true um, because the show has grown as an event and if we would do it exactly the same same way as we did it 40 years ago um, mm. it would not be profitable um, and we have to find a very good balance between running a show um, and don't uh, end up with a loss we don't aim uh, a large profits leader. We want to um, um, gain a small profit to the show, uh, which we immediately invest in the infrastructure of the air club to keep the, the flying school going. Um, but the, um, but next to that, we it's very important to keep the family family atmosphere uh, for all the families also in our region, so they know it's um, a very nice uh, event to go to and not. Um, uh, a huge uh, festival uh, like uh, mm. of, of, for now qu quite crucial to the show obviously when it comes to anything sort of jet related 
is your relationship with Kleiner Brogel, um, who are obviously just down the road, uh, and and will host a, a significant proportion of, of fast jet acts for the show. What is your relationship with them, and and how does that change year to year? And and do, you know, it, 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 do you go in with an expectation of them hosting you, or is it something you have to negotiate every year? Um, well, we. Um it's not that we negotiate it every year. It's it's a very long-standing relationship with, uh, between the Belgium Air Force and our organization, and also the the, the local Aero Club and, and the airbase of Kleine Brogel. Um, we um, without Kleine Brogel, there's no Senegal Air Force. It's as simple as that. So we really need their their support. Um, it's not um, to be clear. We are paying for the support, but it's also um, uh, the public relations the Air Force can put into our show is also uh, a very important factor from their side mm-hmm. um, which gives the, the willingness to cooperate with such an event but um, on the other hand uh, when uh, I go back to 2014 um, the, the, there was a, a, a Belgium Air Force air show at Pina Brogel, Belgium Air Force days it was the first air show at Pina Brogel in, in something like 20 years. Um, at that time, they said, well, we are experts in running uh, a military airbase, but we have uh, very little uh, air show knowledge left within the base. Um, so when there are Belgium Air Force days, Sanico as an organization um, supports Kleine Brogel with, with over 500 volunteers to, uh, to support their show at the airbase. So um, even when we don't have, and they take our data as well, so they um, continue the, the networking on our dates because I think it's very important to have that continuity on our dates. Um, but if it's at Planet Bogle, we, we give our uh, full support to that event, and it's not that we are going back to 50% of our uh, of our uh, willingness to organize an air show. We are pulling the 20% to support them. Hmm. So when you were going back to the um, Patrice Suisse story. Um, says you, you know you, you've got a network with um other nations and i i imagine this is sort of um and, and also networking within within the belgian air force and, and keeping those contacts alive what was the thing that that, that triggered the the patrie suisse to attend for that first time after 30 years how, how did you not sort of lose hope that something couldn't be done and, and you know um and what was the thing that finally made them attend i think on the one hand um you, you keep in contact uh, with them uh, multiple times a year. Every time you see them in the in the, the Kuwait soldier at an air show, you speak uh, speak with them. At that time, it was Danny uh, Huzzy, which was still uh, the the commander of the team. Um, and throughout the years, well, they, they see your program, they see your show, and they they realize that it's not uh, a very local show with uh, with uh, uh, very local acts anymore. Uh, so all the international teams passed by uh, in our program, uh, only the, the, the Swiss were one, one they were missing. In addition, um, we, we in the European Airshow Council, we um, were very uh, happy to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to meet Ian Logan, which was the, the person who, uh, who made the, uh, the show for the 100th anniversary of uh, the Swiss Air Force in Payen. And we started um, even Three years before that show, we started uh, a very close cooperation with Payerna because we already knew that uh, three years later 
Ariana would be the two weekends before um, our show. At the time we started the cooperation, it wasn't even sure uh, it would be Sunnycall or um, at the time it turned out to be the first edition of the Belgium Airport, this is Van Um We started in very close cooperation and trying to support them and getting at them and trying to get X in the, by the two of us. For example, uh, Al Fursan, the team of the Emirates, um, it, was a, it was a combined effort to get them to Payerna and Sanibel well in the end Bayern and Bogle. So um, we had a very close uh, relationship. We, we pulled in uh, several other acts uh, together. And in that way, the Swiss learned what, what Sanibel can do and wants to achieve in, in the in the excellence of organizing air shows. And I think that was an, an important factor um, of convincing the Swiss to, to participate in our show. Okay. Um, so obviously that, that sounds like that was quite a big achievement for you. Since you've been in charge of the show, um, and looking back over your years as air show director, what have been your biggest successes and achievements in, in, in putting on the show? And, and are there any acts that particularly stand out that you've brought over? Um, that's a very, um, that's a very difficult question. I think um, <laughs> when I took over in 2004 uh, for my father, um, we had uh, in 2003 the, the worst air show ever uh, from an uh, spectator's point of view. It was uh, 45 degrees uh, out wow. there and it was uh, all people went to the beach and we had very, very few crowds. Um, so we um, we brought it back to the basics, and um, and because the years before, um, maybe some of the people who visited us in 2002, 2003 uh, may remember, um, we had the um, and it was an idea of my father, but I fully supported it at that time. Um, we tried to attract um, other people to the air show. So the idea was to organize um, just immediately after the air show um, concert on the airfield. To attract uh, non-aviation interest people to the to the airfield, they could witness uh, one or two hours of flying display and then see the concert. In order to um, to enthuse um, more people uh, for aviation, but the the funny thing was we had uh, one of the most famous music bands in Belgium on the program. There were uh, like three thousand fans for the for the uh, group coming to the show. They were really with their face to the to the podium and their back to the flying displays for, to, for the last two hours of the show. So <laughs> it turned out and was a, a very important lesson that um, please focus on your core um, interest people and not do it to someone else. Um, okay. And um, I think when when I see how we um, one of the, the the very nice achievements we had was uh, introducing the sunset show. I think that's a, a, a nice um, initiative we, we did. Um, that initiative was, um, um, we didn't find out it out ourselves, of course. Uh, we, we saw a magnificent um, sunset show in Quebec for their uh, 400th anniversary of the, of the city of Quebec, which we were invited. And after that show, I said, well, that's something we, we should do in a few years as well uh, at that show. And I was very, very happy um, to have the Vulcan in uh, in um, in 2009 at the show, in combination with uh, with the NATO Tiger Meet, I think that was a, a very very nice show. Um, 
I think if you have a uh, few acts you uh, you really would like to have on your program once in a lifetime, I think it, it always is a is sort of achievement. But uh, to be honest, um, when I was um, a little kid, 16, 18 years old, um, Red Arrows were flying in Belgium at least uh, three or four years a year, four times a year, and they were my all-time favorites. But it's very rare to see them abroad these mm. days. And I, I really can tell you, um, they're they're still my favorites. And every time they they fly over Senegal, I get I get goosebumps. Uh, so every time I would have the rats on my program, and I can say it normally it would have been this year. Um, um, it, it's an achievement that I that we still have some uh, some uh, some dreams for the future. So uh, let's hope we can uh, fulfill them. If I can just add something to that, because I think that maybe some of your biggest accomplishments there at the show are not just in getting certain acts over, but I think also just growing the air show and then, for instance, the changes that happened in 2019 with the showground. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was also a very big achievement um, because it also shows how the event has changed in character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would you be able to explain what those changes are? And Well, um, we had... Um, when we had our uh, fourth anniversary show in 2019, it was a it was a huge success. We had um, we had record crowds, um, but when we did um, um, customer satisfaction survey afterwards, there were some um, points which we we, we had to improve um, because of the of the enormous program we had, uh, all the teams, all the nations which which participated. Uh, almost our entire budget went to the flying program. So the, the program on the ground definitely compared, for example, with with these shows like, like Eastbourne. They have a whole variety of other acts on the ground. Um, that was very very limited. And also we have been focusing for uh, 40 years on airplanes and nothing else. And mm -hmm. um, the, the in people's mind that that has, has changed. People are looking for an experience when they go to an event, not just airplanes in the air. And um, after 2019, um, we, we made a, a switch in the air. Uh, sorry, uh, after 2017, we made a switch there um, with a special um, uh, kids' village on the airfield, um, bringing a lot more of experience to the air show than we did before. And I think, and I fully agree with Chris, that's that is an achievement as well. And um, another. Um, Achievement, I think, and is that we we are able to uh, to continue the show like we do uh, for many more years. Um, I think we have made a, a very strong foundation um, to uh, to continue the show. I, I cannot say what what the show will will look like in 2021 because um, we are uh, to be honest. And, and two weeks from now, we have a, a brainstorming session within the steering committee. To see what we uh, what we should do because it, it's very difficult to to um, um, to foresee how the, uh, the coronavirus is, uh, is 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 doing next year. But um, will we be able to, to have a, a regular show as we did uh, in the past? Should we um, limit uh, the, the crowd we can have on our fields to 50% and do Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday? Should we for next year uh, play safe and do 
three or four uh, night shows with, with only uh, 5,000 people. It's something we have to, um, to, to look at. And, and the most important thing is that we keep a connection to our, um, to our fan base, to call it like that, and to, to have an air show. And we, will, we have to think um, what the best way could be to, to organize next year. Thinking of um, the, the show in the future then, um, putting aside what's happened this year, which has obviously completely changed everyone's outlook on, on the regular sort of predictions and stuff, what, um, what, was, what were your plans for the future of the show, say, in October, November of 2019? Where did you think Sanicol was going to go in the future? Um, uh, to, to be honest, we... Um we changed a lot, a lot of things from uh, 2009 uh, to uh, from 2017, 2019. Um, so a lot of things were new in 2019. So 2020 was um, a year of consolidation, as we, we call it. It would have been as, as set up um, uh, a copy of um, of the year before. Of course, not for the for the planning program, but as set up. And um, we had uh, plans to, uh, to, uh, to go further on that experience for the crowd, uh, to, work, to work on that. Um, also together with the aviation industry, I think that's, that's very important. Um, now being uh, set back, um, there are um, a lot of different things we have to uh, think about uh, for next year before we, um, well, see it like putting maybe back uh, one step backwards to uh, to make a jump forward again and work for obviously not notwithstanding potentially scaling down the show um for next year and 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 the sort of the unpredictability of the future what would be your in terms of acts what would be the sort of dream act you could get is there anything in particular you you would have been hoping to get next year or, or even this year um that maybe wasn't announced at, at this point um and yeah, is there anything air show or, or aviation wise that you're around the world that you're aiming for, or, or would love to see at the show? Otherwise, one of the, the best demonstrations I um, I saw during the, the past ten years, I think, were the Koreans at Riyadh. I think that was uh, one of the uh, the best uh, uh, acts as a demonstration team. Um, but honestly, we do not have any connections with the Koreans yet, but that would be a dream um, in the next uh, 15 years if they would come back to, to Europe in the time frame of our show, um, I, would, uh, I would definitely go, go for that. Um, I think um, we were very lucky to have the, uh, the Saudis in 2017 um, mm -hmm. as a team. Um, I know they, they are uh, they're eager to come back if they, they, they have a European tour in our again in our time period, so um, I don't think that sh should have been a, a one shot. And um, as as a, as a small kid, when I was um, I think uh, 12 years old, one of the, the teams I remember as one of the most impressive ones were uh, the Alcones from Chile. Uh, we had the luck yes. to have them once at Senegal uh, when they were still flying on pits, and. Um, if someone would ask if there is one team from your history which you would like to have back, I would say uh, Los Falcones because they were uh, very, very good. 
since your um your tenure when you took over from your father have there been any sort of um nearly but not quite participants you know the things that have uh, participants that would have been you know sort of halls of fame level and they nearly came but weather serviceability whatever else stopped them at the last minute um well we um we had a, a very we already have a very long um, uh, connection with um de Fumachan, the brazilians and uh you may remember they they uh, visited europe once uh, participating in the, in the react show which, which never happened um okay. Um, well, one of the react shows, which never yeah, happened. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the one with the, with, with the rain. Um, and they they were willing to, to come to Senegal only if that was that one of the, the first years we moved to September. And he said, well, we really can't. And they even suggested to come over to Belgium after Riyadh to perform at Senegal for a sort of press day. We wow. said, well, it's <laughs> really nice to do so, but doesn't make any sense to, to host <laughs> such a team for a, for a, for a president. So uh, if we would have been um, the week before or after Riyadh, uh, probably uh, we would have had that team uh, at that time. Yeah. And well, well if, if the, the Belgian Air Force days would not have occurred in 2014, we would have uh, had Alpersan and Sanico, because they were foreseen in Belgium on the show, which would take place at that time. And we also, of course, in 2010 or 11, was it, when the Patriot yeah, Aguilar yeah. were down to uh, yeah. to display. But then the leader's mother passed away just a few days before the show, and so they cancelled with days to go. Yeah. Indeed, but but that um, but Aguilas were on their on our program and on our uh, communication already uh, when when that happened. So looking now to back well back to and, and still in 2020 and obviously air shows haven't happened for the most part there's there's been a few at, at shuttleworth and, and uh, old warden um what what has taken place instead has been the virtual air show now chris as i mentioned before you've been involved in uh setting up a few of them and we we've certainly very familiar with the likes of the virtual air tattoo which was quite a unique format and other air shows have, 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 or quite a few air shows, certainly in Europe, have put on digital events. Are you able to tell us, I mean, you know, about what has gone into the organization of, of these virtual air shows? Well, it depends on uh, the virtual air show that we're talking about, because I was involved, for instance, in uh, the armchair air show that the uh, charity Airability uh, put on. Mm. Um, but I was only a very small involvement. Basically, I was asked to uh, provide footage for them and was in several meetings, uh, brainstorming sessions. But my involvement there was very limited. And for a few others in uh, France and Spain, I was only providing footage as well. So in that sense, my experience in planning those has been very limited. However, Senegal decided quite early on to also do one. Um, and now it's a bit strange, of course, because we are one of the very last digital air shows that there will be in mm -hmm. the season. And I have seen a lot of the other virtual air shows, and I had a very clear plan early on what I wanted to accomplish, and I presented it to Senegal and uh, well to the entire organizing team there. And I must say, even after having seen a lot of other virtual air shows, my plan has remained unchanged. Um, I knew very early on what I wanted, and I also knew very well what I didn't want in. The virtual air show to be 
and it's sadly something that I've seen a lot of other shows doing where I know it's difficult to fill a lot of screen time it's very difficult and one of the things that I dislike and I think that I want to do differently for Sanicol is that it should be action-packed there should be a lot of aircraft in there not people talking but aircraft and you have people talking about the aircraft that's fine but you have to see aircraft it's a show that you're putting on if people want to go to a lecture series they will go to a lecture mm. if you want to watch a TEDx talk then you will see that on YouTube and you will not see a virtual air show and I think that's what the main difference is going to be I want to show airplanes all the time modern and from the past we've our uh, one of our video team has been filming air shows for decades and he's dug deep into his archive and well it's all going to be in there we've got enormous amounts of uh, archive footage that we can um, use for the, the virtual air show and that's what I want to fill it with what how, how did you develop the um, the program of what you wanted to to include in, in the in the virtual air show well that's where I had a meeting with uh, the Senegal team and they basically agreed on the items they wanted in there and then there's a bit of, bit of back and forth thing of course but uh, they then contacted so the organizing team contacted uh, several air forces or display teams and acts on uh, their willingness to cooperate with us and then it's a matter of uh, following up on that and uh, we'll have uh, some very interesting items in there uh, even some exclusives that will be in the show that uh, are the result also of long-standing relationships that they've had and uh, built with uh, several teams and uh, acts. So that is going to be, well, that is how it came about. So that basically Sanicol decided on what they wanted to be in the air show. And then we just agreed on the format that we were going to do it in. Have you worked with any other uh, teams that have run virtual air shows to see what worked well, what worked didn't well, get any inspiration for your event at all? Well, I worked for, uh, like I said, the Armchair Air Show and then a few uh, in Spain and France. And I my input there was very limited. And I, the, I don't think I took anything away from those other air shows that I worked with. Um, they actually had no influence on my own plans. So, no, I can't say that um, it influenced me in any way. I was, I'm actually mm. still very happy about of the plan I came up with the end of May. How did you go about getting teams and airshow acts and air arms on board of the virtual shows? Like, you know, were people keen? Were people not? Was anyone not particularly? In, you know, you don't have to name names, but were anyone not particularly interested in a virtual format? Obviously, taking into account it's completely unprecedented. Uh, me, I wasn't particularly <laughs> keen, actually. Well, you see, you see. Can can you confirm that? <laughs> I'm not sure, but after our first phone conversation, maybe I didn't say it out loud, but uh, yeah. when, when you said well, we have flown... Well, the first year on the beach, and then I came up with the idea. No, no, um, I think all the, almost all the people we uh, contacted were very keen to cooperate. I think the mm -hmm. only uh, person which we really would love to have in the show um, uh, was uh, which which immediately said he couldn't was the uh, um, Swiss F-18 uh, demo pilot because he was uh, um, he was not flying uh, for the he normally would have been the team coach this year and uh, he was uh, tasked to another mission so uh, he really had uh, no more time to, to do so 
but for the rest, I think everybody was uh, was very keen to, uh, to to help us. I think so. I've yeah, noticed a lot of enthusiasm with the participants and other and the teams that are taking part. I noticed a lot of enthusiasm. I had to do a couple of interviews over the past few weeks with uh, several big names in the airshow business, and there's just great enthusiasm to take part in it. Is there a feeling that the sort of the community is? Um uh, the European airshow community is doing what they can in 2020 to try and get some form of of event or, or you know digital or not you, um, to 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 an audience. Do you think there's there's sort of that common feeling there? I think so. Well, that's at least my feeling um, because we've also been uh, well, I've been in touch with uh, other shows even that I wasn't uh, uh, helping out uh, that also put on digital events. And I do see that there's a lot of willingness to uh, help out and uh, support each other. So I think that there's also the realization that we need to get through this together. I'm not sure if that's uh, also the way Joffrey uh, feels it, but that was my feeling that I had the entire time. Yeah, that's true. And I think there's also a big difference. Um, and we, we as, an, as an organization uh, for a digital air show, um, we we uh, cancelled our show in a very very early stage, and um, I can say that there is almost no um, financial impact for our event because we we did cancel in a very early stage, so we did not have any um, heavy commitments we could not cancel anymore. But also we are only volunteer driven, so we don't have uh, a lot of people. Well, we don't have any people on our payroll. Um, for which we have to uh, to care uh, in a period when you don't have any events. It's different if you have a, a, a large organization with, with a, lot, a lot of people on the payroll working for the event and the profits for that event are needed to pay those people. Um, I think a lot of shows um, are, um, are also struggling with their future and their continuity um, rather than uh, thinking about a digital airshow. And so that, that's not playing from our side. Chris, what do you think um, makes a good virtual air show? Seeing what you've seen this year, I know that you said that um, obviously action is 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 key. But um, what are the elements or the ingredients that really make a good virtual air show in your mind? Well, I don't. I think that showing aircraft by themselves isn't the way to go. Um, there will be bits of that in our virtual air show too, but it's limited. Most of it, I think. You can have people talking about their act or uh, a particular subject in the topic, on the topic of air shows, but I think it should be combined then with uh, showing an air show and giving people the feeling that they are there, rather than sitting in a studio and then just lecturing about about it, but actually showing it. And I think that's what is uh, going to be. Well, I hope that's uh, what the audience will appreciate in the in our virtual air show. Because uh, that actually takes a lot of work, but I think it's also a big difference uh, compared to uh, other events that I've seen, where there's just a lot of people talking in the studio for endless hours. And just focusing on the aircraft, it is about it is still an air show, and focus on the aircraft, and that is, it is an air show. Let's not mm. forget that. What what do you, what do you think has has what do you think the mindset of the, the organisers of the virtual shows that have been um, people people sitting in a studio talking or primarily not necessarily aircraft driven? Um, what what do you 
if, if you were no, able no, to no, figure think, it out, think, what, what do you think they were thinking? I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, they did all with the best intentions, of course. No, nothing. Nobody wanted to. Uh, wait. They all did a very good job. It's not that I uh, don't appreciate the job that they did, and I, they did brilliantly. I mean, uh, it's also very difficult to sit in a studio and present a show like George Bacon has done for several of these events. It's very difficult, and it takes a lot of, well qualifications also to do it and you need people to uh, pull that off I think also if you want to raise funds maybe the, the thinking was also you can raise more funds if you uh, broadcast for a longer time and if I look at how much time goes into a two hour program that I'm working on actually slightly less than two hours then I can well understand that you can't fill four hours five hours like some of these shows have to do or even more uh, with just action because that will uh it will ruin you in a video editing time. So I do understand the thinking there. They wanted more thinking exposure. About, thinking about um, virtual air shows as a whole, um, obviously we all hope that, that things go back to some sort of sense of normality and we can have the, your air shows again um, uh, next year. But I think that the the way the virtual air shows have come across this year, it seems almost a shame to sort of lose all of that experience if we just go back to normal. Do you think that there is um, a future of virtual and live air shows that can that can be together, or is the future just live air shows um, and you know a virtual event, perhaps another time? Well, I think that uh, my friends over at Planes TV have done. Uh... I've actually made great strides in that respect already in the past. Um, Ian has, uh, and, and Adrian before him have worked very hard to um, get live air shows going in Europe, broadcasting live from uh, event sites, and they've done a good job at it. I mean, sometimes technology doesn't work the way you want it to, but by and large, um, they've always uh, managed to do a, a very good job. And uh, for instance, at Riyadh, where the infrastructure is in place, they can it works very well because it's also more permanent infrastructure, of course. So I think there is uh, there is a future for that sort of thing, uh, but it does also require an investment. It could also be said, um, because you see a lot of jumbo screens at shows around Europe, and they do have the equipment and the filming happens, so it could there could be a future for this sort of thing on a broader basis, maybe. Of course, you run into some other problems uh, with broadcasting, something that is always very evident on our Plains TV's live streams. Um, some countries care less about it, but uh, with copyrights, a lot of teams use music and uh, or in between acts. So you run into that issue from time to time, whereas at your event, the music is paid for, but only for that event. Broadcasting it uh, to the wider audience via the internet is going to see you shut down quite quickly on YouTube. Um, so that's a, <laughs> a difference. Um, but I think there could well be a future for this, um, but it needs to be thought out. I think also some of the experience that we've gained this year might still trickle through uh, next year. But we'll see. And I need to discuss that with uh, my boss there, of course. <laughs> Maybe, yes. Maybe, yes. But what's better than hearing uh, Otto Burns and smelling Jeff Hill? Yes, absolutely. That. Absolutely. That, that is actually yeah. the thing. Because... Yesterday, for instance, I mean, excellent job. They did a nine-hour broadcast at Slovak International Airfest. Mm. 
But I can't sit in front of a screen for nine hours to watch airplanes. I'm terribly sorry. I can't do that. <laughs> Even if you paid me for it, and I'm definitely not going to pay to, to, for for the, the pleasure. It's a big commitment on a weekend as well. You know, where you've got things to do that you've been putting off during the week. Yeah. Mm. So there's nothing also like. I mean, I travel all over Europe to see air shows, and there's nothing that thrills me more than just being there and watching it on a screen is just not the same thing. Yeah. I mean, virtual air shows cannot replace the real thing. And I think also in that sense, some of the hesitation that some organizers might have about broadcasting it might also, could be justified, I don't know, I don't have any numbers on it, but it doesn't replace the feeling of being there. It, it, it doesn't, and obviously the, the digital Santa Cole air show hasn't happened yet, but do you see or would you be open to the idea after the event after the fact that there might be scope for doing something similar not not as a virtual air show obviously you know touch wood that that the real thing will be back next year um but but for something of a slightly different format or a different nature to complement the show as an as an online event whether that's a a teaser event beforehand or a, sort of a virtual aviation festival or, or something like that um that that hasn't especially been, during the winter months especially during the winter months that that obviously has never been done before but but has now with the with the pandemic and with everything that's happened this year has maybe appeared in people's minds where it wasn't before i think that is quite possible and i could see this happening but um, yeah, I don't see maybe for Senecal unless Chopper wants to contradict me, but I do know of uh, one organization planning on something like that indeed. But I can't go into I that. Think, I think it, it could work if you um, if you could work with some um, small teasers uh, throughout the, the the winter months indeed. But teasers, I mean, uh, three maximum five minutes. But I don't think. Um, there is a, a large audience uh, willing to, to sit in front of their TV for uh, for thirty or minutes or sure. an hour. Yeah, and um, could I you? No, I don't think so. Could you also imagine that every show started doing this? Of course, you would have <laughs> be, uh, one, yeah. one every one every weekend for all of the winter months. <laughs> Year-round air show season, though, to some degree. <laughs> I think it would also but get very very repetitive. Yeah, and I always have. Um, um, after the after the show ended, um, we go into our uh, um, uh, theoretical winter sleep until uh, until uh, May for the Yesho season. But when when I when I enter uh, ICAS in, in, in Vegas in December uh, at the opening reception, they give a, a, a very impressive movie about the, the past season in uh, two to four minutes. And also um, Ian, uh, I think. Mostly, it's Ian together with with Chris do the same for the European National Council in, in February. Um, uh, three to four minutes about the past year. It, it, it immediately gives goosebumps to to and you want to get into the season as as soon as possible again. So mm. those sort of things, yes, that that uh, should happen. Yeah, they they do launch you into the air show season feeling. Those events. It it reawakens the. Uh... The, the aviation yeah. enthusiast within us. Also, um, with, with the timing of the EAC, for instance, which is always early March, it's basically when you're waking up again, and it's, it's just kick, the start it, of the it season. Kicks, it kickstarts yeah. you. Uh, 
Um, so th- thinking about virtual airshows, then, what are you uh, looking forward to, and indeed, what are you nervous about um, with the, with the sort of digital Sanical air show? I don't have anything to be nervous about because it will be completely ready beforehand. <laughs> it just premieres at a certain time. <laughs> Basically, nothing can go wrong. I was planning to be elsewhere during that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, cool. You better touch a lot of wood there. <laughs> But basically, a country shuts its borders when I start planning to go there. So, then, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous either. Um, the only thing I, I really hope is that, uh, well, we cancel a show um, with, from the main uh, cause uh, regarding our uh, medical team of the, of the air show, and we are uh, connected to a, a, a medical organization supporting. Um, uh, doctors um, in post-traumatic uh, stress after incidents, yeah. and I really hope we can uh, collect some money from that. And mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. only thing I'm a little bit nervous about is to see how much people are are willing to uh, to, to give, because um, the, the the show will be uh, this show will be free for everyone uh, to uh, to see, and they can uh, donate uh, if they want to. Um, but I really hope we can. Uh, something back for them of course and that's uh it is a fundraiser after all so we, you yeah. hope that you, ra- that you raise as many funds as you can but on a technical side there's nothing to be nervous about uh well especially the, the first digital show we saw what was the, the the american version and then were they set up everything completely live and which had uh, a lot of risks involved and that's some of the first things we we uh said to each other uh, we should have uh, a very good uh, finished product uh, on forehand, uh, which we broadcast on the time and, and no live intervenience because we want to have it, uh, uh, airplanes uh, blowing everything, everybody away from the first until the last second. Um, obviously, on that, that's on a technical side, but on, a, on an emotional side and, and for the organizing team and for everyone involved, how good does it feel to still be able to put something on this year? With everything that's gone on, it it feels good, um, but to be honest, it's not emotional with me. I already um, I switched my button to 2021 uh, early early April, so I'm not um, emotional uh, on on the on the 11th when the show will be broadcast. I think it's a very good thing, and it's also. Uh, a good way to to, uh, to connect again to all your volunteers and and your your fans, um, but I'm not uh, as emotional as uh, compared to to the first uh, aircraft opening or sunset show on Friday in in a normal year. That's completely different. Yeah, exactly. Um, emotions. The only emotion I have at the moment is nervous to get it finished, but that should be okay. And other than that, and other than that. Um, it doesn't really come into it to be really you just try to finish the product as you always do basically my work usually starts at Senecal when the Thursday Thursday when basically the preparations uh, get on the way in earnest at the show and that's when my work really starts and it ends end of November with the, re- with the release of the DVD now my work ends when the show is there which is very different um, so uh, looking now a, a- past the virtual air shows and very much a question for both of you actually what do you see as the immediate future of air shows uh, taking into account obviously that it's very unpredictable but 
do you think the airshow season is going to cope well with you know an extended period of of the pandemic and social distancing and um all, all, all sort of new requirements the air shows might have to have next year do, do you how well do you think the air show world is going to cope with that um it, i think every show should uh, should make um, um an exercise and also financial exercise for their for themselves what can be possible and what cannot um i really really hope that uh, every show which uh, exists today can continue in, in the future and uh, uh, because the uh, the event uh, industry is is, uh, is really bleeding in, in Belgium and I think uh, throughout uh, all of Europe. So I really hope that uh, there are no colleagues uh, which have to stop their their event. Um, I do think that uh, 2021 may look a little bit different than than before. Um, but I really hope that uh, going to 22. We can have just uh, the same shows as we had before. I think it's also a question that is broader than just air shows. It probably goes for every event that, uh, like concerts and uh, movie festivals and whatnot. I mean, every event that relies on suppliers, etc., is hoping that all of these suppliers will uh, still exist next year because of mm. basically basically seeing a whole year of income go. I don't think that the event industry and event organizers would survive, well, the event industry in itself, I don't think they could survive another year like this, because then in 2022, you might find yourself in a situation where just, there's nobody, you might want to organize an event again, but there might not be any companies to support you. But I think that's 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 that's, that's basically a problem, I think, for any sort of event. We, we mentioned this, the, the, uh, the Brazilian smoke squadron in, in 2008. Um, there are rumors of them um, uh, wanting to do another European tour, have you had any contact with um, with the Brazilian Air Force? Um, the leader of the team was at Senegal last year. Oh, really? Yes. On a pleasure pl- thing, or or sort of? Um, he was together with his um, uh, military um, representative, in, mm. which he was uh, hosted in Paris. Uh, they, the both of them, this is our show, um, because we, as I said, we have already a long-standing relation with with them, um, and we really hope if they would return to Europe for a European tour, and it would be in the time frame September, um, I would be very disappointed if they would not pass by But it's, it's, uh, there are no. Um, clear intentions of, of the team coming to Europe in, in, in 21 or even 2022 20, at this time. They, they know uh, we are very willing to host them uh, and they are very eager to come. Um, they, they visited our show last year to see what the event was, was like, um, uh, how it's organized. Um, and I think they, they have a good idea now. So it's, uh, let's hope they, they come back to Europe and they choose the right time period. They did. They did get to meet some of their biggest fans at the Senegal, which were the Croatian display team Krila Luya, who are very big fans <laughs> yeah. of the Brazilian team. So, <laughs> so they did get to meet them. Some, something like that also depends on on the other shows shows with with could be in, in in your time frame. Um, if you go for an, um, like we call it an exotic team, um, to be honest. 
chance of them coming to, to Senico. It's only possible if we can uh, connect them with, with other shows, for example, like we did with the Saudis um, at the time when we when we combined with uh, with Malta and um, and, uh, and Ostrava. Um, that's only possible if, if, if we can uh, combine with other shows. And that's of course, we have many exotic dreams uh, uh, for the future, but really all depends on, on, on the combinations oh, that's an interesting question actually what what how, how do you liaise with other shows do you do you know which shows you need to talk to, to that, that will give you the best chances of um of attracting something exotic like that do you do you wait for for a team to be interested in coming over do you do you, will you put together a coalition of air shows so to speak and skip before going to teams to say we could we've got this many air shows you you know, how do you know who to speak to? I suppose. Um, well, for um, we have we have a sort of a gentleman's agreement with with Ostrava and also and also Malta that they will they will normally be for the for the years to come always be the, the weekends after us. Um, sometimes Zadwick comes comes in just a week before. So um, if they are interested in certain teams and have connections, and we do. We always uh, negotiate uh, more than uh, one or two years in advance. While that's something we would like to, to go for, um, should we give it a try? And then we offer a team. Uh, well, um, those shows are happening in the same time frame. Would you be interested to, to do that? Or we would like to invite you. We know we you would not uh, come over for one show only, but know that in the same time frame you have the opportunity to come to this business. It's 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 funny to think about that amount of negotiating that goes into it because i think a lot of people you know even air show enthusiasts might think that it's just a case of writing a letter and you either get a a yes or a no it is it is that we send a letter and it's yes or no but some teams and if you have a a long-standing relation with some teams there are some teams which um and i definitely won't (laughs) won't say the name now uh, they contacted me two weeks ago and they told me, well, is it correct that you will be the week before, uh, or will you be the, the week of the 10th and 12th of September next year? I said, yes, we are. So that means that you will be a week ahead of uh, show X. I said, yes, that's correct. Well, then there could be an opportunity. So let's hope for it. Will you be watching the digital air show? 100%. Of course you will. Absolutely. I'm actually going to be in Edinburgh that weekend, so we'll probably stick it on the TV and yeah, I did. I, I I did catch some of the the Slovakian one yesterday. Actually, it was good fun. It's the it was. The, they did a good job. They did an excellent job. But nine hours is a long time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah well, I we, didn't watch all we, of it. we struggled to commit to the um, the virtual air tattoo. We all um, uh, you know uh, wanted to to watch as much as possible. But you, it it's two days of a weekend. And, and weekends are still for doing your housework, you know, do, doing your cleaning, sorting everything out, you know. Um, so it is, yeah, it is, it is a struggle to commit to such a long. When you thing. go to an air show, you have the excuse of, oh, I'm away, so I can't. Because do it's <laughs> because it's the day, yeah, absolutely, mm. yeah. Whereas when if you're sat at home, you sort of, you can't really, you know, just sit at home and do nothing. Try you know, explaining that to the wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but indeed, that's and that's the that's indeed the the case. But we do try. Well, you will see that one of the biggest things that I wanted to accomplish also with the Senegal, the digital Senegal air show was to um, they've just received the, the narration proposal that I've submitted 
um, and it's basically the proposal is that we recreate the show as much as possible in the sense also with the, the double narration so you have the Dutch commentary and the English commentary which will intertwine the entire time cool interesting you'll have to read subtitles um, I don't know if there's anything you guys want to add to what we've been saying or if there's anything we should have asked you or you know any any comments you have then you know feel free well on my part I just want I just just like you guys I hope that next year we can all start traveling and visiting air shows again and experiencing them for real Joffrey no 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 that, that's uh, that's uh, fully fully correct I really hope we have a uh, a uh, live uh, airshow season uh, on full force again uh, next year. No matter how, no matter how much fun it will be in two weeks when you see a, a digital airshow <laughs> where there will be a Buccaneer and an SU-25 etc. <laughs> flying across the screen. <laughs> well, that will certainly tide us over, I'm sure. So, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the UK Airshow Review Podcast. If you aren't already, you can follow us on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast providers. Just search for UK Airshow Review Podcast. We're also on social media. Uh, pretty much everything is at UK Airshow Review. And if you want to read our reviews, including past reviews of Sanicol, you can head to airshows.co.uk and hit up our forums to join the discussion at forums.airshows.co.uk. Where I will, where I will also engage with you. Well, yeah, we should have said you. You're you're a member, of course. It's Chrissy, isn't it, on the forum? Yeah, yeah. Re- regular forum. <laughs> you should member. have just introduced you after after Dom. Yeah, regular. <laughs> <member>. <laughs> oh well, m- well, maybe we need to re-record the beginning then. <laughs> Let's do the whole thing again. <laughs> cool. Um, well, yeah. Thank you very much, and see you for another episode. <laughs>